Welcome back to Behind the Bench with Carter Eckel. This is episode 29. I am your host, Carter E. Joined as always by with my producer, Jeff Mulvahill Jr. of InstaImage.com on the other side. Jeff, we got a guest today. Uh, but before I introduce our surprise guest, if you will, since I didn't we didn't tease this anywhere that he was going to be on the podcast with us today. This is our Douglas High Sports Year in Review episode. Next week, we will get to Carson. Uh, but we're going to start with Douglas this week because the Tigers had quite the, uh, I would say season, but seasons, plural. I mean, really just the whole year. Uh, so it'll be be a nice little episode year in review. Uh, but before we go any further, I will introduce uh, our guest and uh, definitely friend of the podcast, uh, photographer Ron Harpin. You can find his work online at www.rahphotosnv.com. I got that memorized, Ron. See, I can do a little plug for you. <laughs> Thanks for hopping on. How are you doing today, Ron? I'm doing very well. Thank awesome. you. Awesome. Awesome. I guess... Not to put you too much on the spot here early, but is there any anything initially that stands out from the past year? Have you, in your t- time photog- photographing Douglas High Sports, have you seen a year like this where they have just su- so much success across the across the board? No, not for me. It's it was an incredible year, all all the way around. At least winter sports when we started getting into the winter sports, the basketball. Both basketball teams, girls and boys, um, rolled right into spring with the uh, baseball and, and softball. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, a ton of fun to watch. We will start in the fall, though. Uh, we're going to start with uh, just a couple of quick hitters, and then we'll get into a little more in-depth stuff. So on the cross-country side, Jackson Davis was 10th at regionals, 12th at state for the Tiger cross-country team. Uh, football went 1-8, and eight, dealt with their fair share of injuries on, on the field there, but still, you know, had, had some bright spots under uh, first-year head coach Kyle Mays, and obviously will return with some some pretty nice talent this year. And you send off a Division One recruit here locally in Chris Smalley to uh, the University of Nevada, Reno. Uh, obviously, a couple other kids going off to play football as well. I know Gabe Foster's headed to Butte Community College uh, to continue being a, a bruiser over there. On the boys' tennis side, we had Ashton Davenport and Luke Rodina qualify for the state tournament in doubles. Uh, the girls made the team semifinals before falling on the tennis side there. Then uh, volleyball. Volleyball saw its first win for the senior class. First postseason win for the senior class. Excuse me. They went 18-9 and nine and 10-6 and six in, in league. Ron, how much uh, is there a sport you enjoy uh, photographing more than anything else? Because I know volleyball, you get to bounce all over the place. You're occasionally under the actual uh, umpire's chair as well. That's always my favorite is to get shots of Ron underneath the, the umpire's chair. Is there any, anything, I guess we'll start with fall. I won't go too broad, but of the fall sports that uh, you, you, I guess, have the most fun uh, shooting? Actually, volleyball is a very tough sport to shoot, so it, it is a lot of fun. It's hard to get those shots through the net. Soccer is another fun sport to shoot, but yeah, volleyball during the fall is one of my favorites. It's hard, and that's what makes it so so much fun. Yeah, leading right into soccer, perfect segue there, Ron, you're natural. Uh, <laughs> the girls team made it to the regional semifinals. They went 10-6-2 on the year, 9-5-2 in league play. Obviously, they have a number of girls going on to play collegiate soccer from that team as well. Uh, 
<laughs> girls soccer team every year they're uh, they're one went away from the state tournament it seems if not in the state tournament and uh this year was no exception ran into galena again and Sneaky what are you gonna to do <laughs> what are you gonna do you know sometimes it's just the the way it goes uh but as i remember those seniors saying you know i think they thought it was the most competitive game they had played against galena in their four years there uh, obviously galena did not have uh, Gatorade Player of the Year and Isabella Flochini, who was off at, I believe, Jeff's alma mater at San Jose State playing uh, girls soccer. Jeff, did you get a chance to see Douglas Douglas soccer much at all this year? I know, obviously, you are the Carson photographer, so that is much more Ron's uh, area, if you will. Yeah, not much. They, they played a fair number of games during the day, didn't yeah. they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that makes it kind of impossible for me uh, with trying to pick up the kids from school and it's convenient for me that Carson plays in, under the lights in the stadium, so it makes it tough to get to Douglas at 3 o'clock, 3.30. Douglas yeah. switched back over to the grass field. Mm-hmm. They widened it um, when Andrew took over, um, which I love uh, much more than the turf, especially the Douglas turf. It's just too small. Yeah, and the ball just runs forever on the turf. I mean, they, they need multiple ball kids tracking down <laughs> balls that are flying but, off. And if you can, if you can have an advantage of playing a during the day and on grass most teams don't have that you know anybody that plays in their football stadium is playing on turf uh, at least in the north state so it can be an advantage yeah Um, Yeah. and and we even see it with football that field at galena i've been up there and they didn't mow it and i never seen our kids run so slow because they're trudging through the jungle but it also can be a disadvantage if you don't play on turf all the time and yeah, you go to play absolutely. on turf because the ball does run. Mm-hmm. Especially if it's wet. Uh, if, the, if it's wet on turf, good luck stopping So that if you're ball. trying to make those runs and make those you know, passes to the, to, you know, to the gal that's running down there or guy, um, yeah, the ball just takes off on you if you're used to playing on grass. So. Yeah. Well, Andrew Andrews got a very deep soccer career so mm-hmm. uh that grass is it's a soccer thing <laughs> the turf is no no good and they i got, like the turf i like this the grass myself <laughs> and they got the big douglas tigers banner behind uh behind the uh w- one of the goals i guess you can't say home goal if you will but uh somebody did joke it was it looked like a big kite there at one point i think it might take the whole the whole fence with it but you know, I think they cut some wind holes in it and knocked it down a little bit. But uh, a good season for the Douglas girls soccer team, nonetheless. Over to the boys' side, where the Tiger boys team picked up its first postseason win since 2011. Uh, they went 8-3-6 and six in their first year down in Class 3A. A lot of really competitive games for that boys' team. They were, you know, every game was 2-1, 1-1, like that. I mean, obviously, in the, in the year with six ties, that's just kind of kind of tells you how how it goes but um you know a really really solid season under uh i believe second year head coach ricky diaz there and uh yeah first postseason win since 2011 i mean chalk it up however you will you gotta gotta get it one way or another and so 11 year drought ended there uh, volleyball ends a four-year drought without a postseason win and then we get to girls golf girls golf drops into class 3a and just blows the field out when it comes to the class 3a state tournament and they come home and raise a banner for uh winning the class 3a girls golf state title so a lot going on in fall there anything you think i missed ron as far as uh notable moments i'm trying to think if there was anything else that uh would be worth mentioning on for for fall sports before we move into the the winter side here no i think you covered it pretty well 
Over to winner where wrestling had uh, 11 state qualifiers this year, uh, including Michael White, who won the regional championship at 285 pounds. Uh, Luke Fournier made it at 106. Victor Valdez, Cody Highfill, both at 113. Hunter Morris at 120. Uh, Connor Morris at 126 fell in the regional championship. Also had qualifiers in Sage Addy at 182 pounds and Manuel Garcia at 195. Benjamin Singer rounded out those at 220 with a sixth place finish at regionals. You know, for a, a wrestling team that didn't have a season the year prior to take a Eleven kids to to state is pretty was pretty impressive for them, uh, given like I said, a they didn't have a season before that, and and b I don't think they had very many make it in 2019-2020 season before the pandemic hit out here. But of course, can't go much further without talking about boys and girls basketball. Tiger boys pick up a regional title, their first since 2012. It was the first time that both the girls and boys basketball teams for Douglas High made the state tournament since 1978. Uh, I know I wasn't even close to being a thought in 1978. What were you guys doing in 1978? Be careful. (laughs) Yeah, I got no comment. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, come on. That's no fun. Uh, Anyways, (laughs) girls hoops head to the state tournament for the first time since 2002. And uh, I believe it's the only time ever that both the boys and girls excuse me, the second time ever that both the boys and girls teams made the state tournament since, like I said, 1978. We could start on the girls' side of things. I mean, that was a team built around defensive intensity and getting out and running and transition baskets. You know, obviously they had some some shakeups there midseason, but still put together quality quality season. I believe they ended the year on, you know, winning like 11 of 12 going into the state tournament. And then obviously you run into a centennial team that is probably going to win three more state titles with the sophomore class it has but i mean not much you can do there sometimes that's just the way it rolls and in high school sports but still still uh, a state qualifier nonetheless and you know quite the season there for those those tiger girls on the basketball side of things yeah it seemed to be an up and down season but they got it rolling towards the end of the end of the year for sure but but it was a little touch and go for a while yeah, the Centennial team was something else. I think they could beat a couple boys' teams. Yeah, uh, I think they won both of the state games by 50-plus points. So, um, you know, what can you do? Uh, <laughs> like, that's just – it leads back to the discussion of 5A and north-south. We won't get into that here. Um, that is a topic for another podcast and uh, one where we need a lot more time to talk about that. Over to the boys' side where they won their first regional title, as I said, since 2012, did it by knocking off Bishop Minogue at Bishop Minogue. Um, I don't think I had seen more than one basketball game at Bishop Minogue leading into that game. And boy, oh boy, I mean, I really like Carson's venue, but to pack everybody in that tightly... COVID issues notwithstanding, to pack everybody in that tightly was a, was a really fun atmosphere to be in, even if it didn't seat a whole lot of folks. We're talking about the Spanish Springs game. I was talking about the Minogue game. Oh, and then, sorry, that was how they qualified for state. Excuse me. Yeah, and then that was Spanish at Springs was at, Spanish Spring was at Carson. Yeah, that was the one where they won sorry. the regional title. No, that was that's my fault. I mis, misspoke there a little bit. That Minogue game for to qualify for state was, was something else. And then, obviously, like I said, you... As Ron said, you turn into that Carson venue, which holds, you know, 
probably two to three times as many people, and that atmosphere was jumping. That whole season was fun. <laughs> I can't really explain how much fun that was. Just as a photographer, although the way I shoot, it's like a game for me. And, you know, I've been following these these guys for, well, their whole careers, minus 2020, unfortunately. But, um, but yeah, the, it was just a lot of fun to see them come together and, and put it down. I, know that, I knew they could beat Minogue, and I knew they could beat Spanish Springs. Yeah, they had given Spanish Springs a run for their money in pretty much every game they'd played that season, even if they hadn't gotten them the first two times. But beat them when it counted, and uh, you know that was that was what mattered. Actually, did they knock them off once in the regular season? No, they lost twice to them. But they One was should have OT. beat them at home. That's right. They made some mental mistakes down with ten seconds left. It was a little crazy. But Coach Thacker had those boys playing together as a team. And then turned around and beat him by 11 to qualify for the state tournament there. Ron, have you seen as many alley-oops between two players as you have between Kaysen and Chris Smalley? I'll tell you what, early in the season, and I was just talking to Coach Thacker about this the other day. Early in the season, I kind of saw what was going on, Kaysen and, and the alley-oops. And they missed a couple, but I, they were trying early in the season, a couple games. And I said, okay, fine. So now every time Kaysen would break away, I'd look for where Smalley was, <laughs> and I'd get him. You know, I, I was ready for him. And this isn't going to come through on the mic, but on your head was most of them. He, was, he threw down a couple of those dunks on top of other <laughs> opponent players, and I believe he did it to open up the Galena. <laughs> the Galena player, actually, I, I talked to Chris afterwards and what he said to him, and he said, did you have to dunk on my head? Because now that's going to be on the highlight reel. <laughs> but that's what Chris Smalley does. Chris Smalley makes highlight reel plays in multiple sports, and that's not to take away from Casey Boggs at all. Obviously, he comes away with oh, uh, Class year. 5A Player of the Year in the North, so nothing to, to scoff at there. That was an ag aggressive team, especially defensively, too. They knew they could, could gamble a little bit because they were so dangerous in and transition. Depth. They had so much depth. Mm -hmm. You know, Smalley could get in foul trouble, then they could bring in... Uh, you know, Jack or Theo Reed. You had, you had. I mean, they, the size they had on that team too was just Theo's actually impressive. Taller <laughs> is that possible? Uh, <laughs> and then obviously you had you know J.C. Reed out, yeah, out wide on the wing. Uh, Chris Myers was a nice piece, especially there through the through the playoffs. Ben Shinzing had a good, pretty solid year when he, he needed did? to come in as well. Uh, I. I think next year they're, they're going to be equally as, as good. Yeah, they obviously lose some, some impactful seniors between, obviously, Boggs, Smalley, Dakota Jones as well. Make sure I'm not missing anybody. Carson Hill uh, graduates as True. well. Um, but, you know, otherwise, like you said, that's a, that's a team that could uh, – Chris Myers also uh, graduates as well. But that's right. a team that could certainly make some noise again next year. There's, there's no denying that, though I do think – I don't think Bishop Minot graduated anybody, so they might be the favorites if if you're willing to to do that in you know early June. But yeah, that's hard to project. <laughs> yeah, at this point. very hard to project, especially when it comes to to high school sports. Uh, any photographs from those first two uh, fall winter that like really stand out to you, or anything that like when you think about any of those sports that that's kind of the first thing your mind uh, glances to, Ron, or turns to. 
Are we just talking the fall? Um, fall, winter. I, I'll winter, throw we can do spring too since it's uh, coming up next. So many basketball photos. I mean, Cason Boggs was just a fun kid to shoot. He was just fun. He made a lot of plays that, you know, he'd take the ball under his leg and bring it up. And he, the one dunk I missed of his, though, was the one I think it was at uh, the Galena game. They were on fire, and they were, yeah, alley-ooping and, and dunking. And he stole the ball midcourt. He came down two strides from the free throw line and just slammed it. And, of course, the unfortunate thing for me was the referee was behind the play. And so by the time the referee caught up with the play, yeah, he was in front of me. <laughs> so I never got that shot, but... Uh, that yeah. happens. You guys, I mean, I'm well aware a lot. of this now that I don't take as many photos because of you guys. But, uh, yeah, that happens happens a lot. And it was sad because that was so much energy in the whole building at that point, too. I think they just, I think Smalley just came down and had two dunks. And then it was, Kaysen made the steal. And he, like I said, it was... Uh, I shouldn't say nothing short of Michael Jordan, but it almost, <laughs> I mean, the, the way he's... He took two strides from the free throw line and put it down one-handed. It was it was pretty awesome. Unfortunately, I didn't get the shot. <laughs> I always laugh when a ref jokingly says, you know, get my good side. And I go, ah, well, it's probably going to be a blurry photo of your back if we're, if we're being honest. Sometimes they're really sharp. Yeah, yeah sometimes <laughs> they're really sharp. <laughs> uh, moving on to, to spring, unless there's anything you wanted to add to, to the winter side of things. Jeff. Just one of the things with athletes like Smalley and Boggs, like Ron said, it's, it's fun for us because what's going to, what's going to happen in front of us. And I don't know if people sitting up in the stands really get a, a sense of how athletic those two kids are. It, it's, we don't see that very often. Obviously there's, there's, you know, they got awards for their performances, but they're going off to college, they're playing in college, and that's a, a, a gem for Ron and I because it's like, oh, this is awesome. We're excited about being there and seeing what's what's gonna happen. And and like Ron said, he's starting to get an idea that something's gonna go on, then you start looking for it, and then you're like, okay, here it comes. Uh, and it, it just, it, it makes it so much fun to, to go and know that something cool is gonna happen. Yeah, we should, uh, I should do a little more research on mine and see if we can get a, get a fan or two in here that might have attended as many games as we have uh, as a collective because i'm sure there's some um but obviously you know we don't want any of that that parental bias you might see i can't can't bring on anybody too closely related to to any players and just talk about how amazing they are which don't blame them i mean it was it was a very fun team to watch but uh moving into the spring where we had <laughs> douglas i shouldn't say we douglas had another just phenomenal uh, set of athletic teams. Uh, Alan Baker, we'll start with swimming and diving. Alan Baker wins both the regional and state diving title at the one meter level there. He put together a final score of 405.2. Junior Grant Gomes was third in the same event. Uh, Calvin Stevenson was seventh in the boys side of things in the 200 yard individual medley they had a number of quality finishes there the boys finished with 47 team points to take fifth in the state uh, as a team for their efforts there over to the track and field side where the douglas girls finished third as a team 
um, which was quite impressive. The, that four by one team that we've talked, Jeff and I have talked about a number of times, and there've been a number of stories on in the last couple of weeks. Four by one team sets the school record in the event at the regional meet and then turns around a week later and breaks it at the state meet to not only set another school record but to take third um, and pick up a bronze medal there featuring the the foursome of jessica james julianne james bliss moody and kaylee bradford two freshmen in that foursome there uh the boys four by one team i believe was like six tenths of a second offsetting their own school record as well so impressive uh performances on the track side all the way around uh megan strand and sophie marsh marshoot were sixth and seventh in the uh shot put as in this at excuse me at the state tournament uh, they were sixth and eighth in the discus as well. Uh, Jackson Davis, who we brought up earlier, was seventh in the 1600 and fourth in the 3200 for the Tigers on that side of things as well. Let me make sure I'm not missing anything. I mean, I'm sure there's some results I haven't mentioned, but still two excellent years for both the swimming and diving team and the track and field team as well. We will switch it up to quick info on boys golf where they had three finishers in the top 35 of the regional tournament between Wyatt Prather, Grant Stevens, and Jace Desjardins. But can't go much further without talking about the baseball and softball teams. And uh, we'll start with baseball, I guess. They went 3-15 in 2021 and turned around with a 25-8 and final record in 2022 and that was the best I could find since 2009. I did 2009. They won a regional title. They obviously did not accomplish that this year. They came up just short of that, but I mean, a team nonetheless that had all sorts of chemistry, all sorts of success. I mean, nine seniors that really started to mesh with the coaching staff that had clearly, you know, figured out, figured its stride out. And uh, yeah, to go from three and fifteen to twenty five and eight, I can't really say it enough how impressive that is to to see at at any level, um, any sport, any I mean, sport, any level. Fantastic! It was great. It was a lot of fun to watch. They, the the kids and the coaching staff, they all liked each other. They all got along. No prima donnas. Uh, a lot of leadership on the team with you know Gabe and Natividad and um, Foster. And it was uh, a lot of fun to watch. They really came together. Yeah, and I know a number of those seniors are going off to play college baseball. I don't have all of those uh, schools in front of me, but that will be information uh, soon available on recordcourier.com or in the newspaper as well. Uh, quick quick teaser there. They both come out Wednesday and Saturday in case you are still unfamiliar with that. But baseball team that, yeah, had a, had a ton of success and defensively were was just – honestly outstanding really? between Thomas Young and center mm-hmm. field. Uh, like you mentioned the TV dad, whether he was at short or pitching Carter bleaker. I was my next name uh, on the, the left side of the infield and at Ashton. third or short Davenport had a really nice year at second base. And I watched James Hubbard gun out a couple people from right field, you know, when he wasn't striking out every other batter on the, on Jeffrey the mound. Peters is solid behind the dish as a freshman too, yeah. nonetheless. And Gabe Foster had a really nice, nice season as well. Switching kind of between DH and catcher, but really towards the, the end of the season, they really seemed to mesh well with Foster at DH and Peters behind the dish. And 
to have you know a guy like Keegan Snooks throw into Peter. So you got a sophomore throw into a freshman in a in a regional tournament game says a lot about where that team stands and the confidence they have in their their underclassmen. Their pitching depth was definitely good this year with Hubbard, of course, leading the way, and then yeah, Snooks, which uh, you know he's going to be really good to watch, a lot of fun to watch coming down the road. MacGyver. Um, We'll see what happens, I mean, down the road. But, yeah, they had a great season this year. It was a lot of fun to watch. Unfortunately, they didn't quite, uh, you know, get by Minogue and Galena those last uh, couple games. But it was fun. I was cheering on them. Yeah, that's baseball for you. Sometimes, I mean, that's any sport. Streaky game. Yeah, any sport is a game of interest, but sometimes it's just just one pitch, one moment, and, and things kind of switch up on you really quickly. Uh, Douglas Softball probably knows a little thing or two about that as well. Obviously, they steamrolled their way to a regional title there. It was their first since 2004 and ended up finishing the year as the state runner-up in the Class 5A, falling to Green Valley there. We talked about this not too long ago, but Ron, anything in particular that stands out from that team? I can probably continue on my rant of, or not rant, but a listing of just a number of things that were impressive. Oh, it was, it was a great year. Unfortunately for me, <laughs> it wasn't a great year. I kept, you know, I, uh, Talia, I would, you know, kind of river on the side and say, hey, you know, you need to let these teams get their bat on the ball so I can get some action photos because <laughs> it's really hard to get action photos when you're striking everybody out. So um, made it a little difficult there. They didn't have a lot of home games either. They played away a lot, uh, but they had a stellar, stellar season. I'm happy for them. Yeah, I want to say they played like one home game in their first like twelve or thirteen, fourteen games, which was, which was something. And obviously, this is a this is something I say a lot of times when it gets to the the regional playoff tournament times. But they haven't made a cloning machine yet for for us media folks, where we can put two of you somewhere and two of Jeff somewhere and two of me somewhere else. And I tell you, that's the hardest thing. I mean, this year was a little easier because they didn't have a lot of home games. Um, so it made it so I could. I was actually at a lot more baseball games. Um, it's hard when they have baseball and softball, and they're playing at the same time. It's really hard to get to both. Uh, it seems you always it seems like you always miss something. Definitely, and especially with uh, I would say different paces of the two sports, though they're uh, you know very similar games. Softball can be done in an hour and ten minutes, and baseball is rarely done within two hours so you kind of have to pick and choose your timing and your spots there and like you said hope you can get some action shots as well baseball is about three innings an hour <laughs> yep that's that's a good pace that's that's a that's, <laughs> and a that's good, good pace. and that's good yeah pace. that's a good pace because there are games that that slow down quite a bit and uh, that's baseball for you though i mean when you uh, take away the pickoff and take away all the the stuff that can happen in between pitches it it speeds up the game as you're seeing on the the major league side where they're trying to institute pitch clocks and all that jazz which automated they're coming if you're if you're hoping that the pitch clock isn't coming to major league baseball they I got, have I got the some bad news automated umpire um now triple a yeah right? up in reno they're and using it <laughs> i i don't know how soon those will be in baseball but that pitching clock will be in major league baseball next year you can uh, pretty much bank on that so hopefully you guys can survive hopefully that's not a, a game ruiner for anybody but is it a ball if they go over time yeah or if the batter's not ready it's a strike so if the batter's not in the box and ready to hit they rarely called it early on in the season i know we're getting off track on high school but um because i I go to a lot of aces ball games and 
rarely the umpires would call it, especially if the you know if the pitcher stepped off the mound and you know started the clock again or timeout or. Fun fact: It's not the first time baseball has tried a pitch clock. They did it in the 30s and 40s, and they stopped enforcing it. And so that's the you've seen, seen a lot with baseball is you gotta gotta enforce some of those rules if you want them to stick around. And now they're coming back. But yeah, nonetheless, uh, I guess any, any f- I feel like I'm asking you the same questions over and over here, Ron, but of, of all, the, all the sports this year, I mean, what kind of stands out to you? Is it just the, the overall successes? Are there, once again, are there photos that kind of come to mind? Is it, is it just kind of being out there for all of it? What's, what's your favorite part? What kind of stands out the most to you from this, this past year for the, the Tigers? My favorite part is really the, kids and the parents that enjoy the photos that they get um for me the whole every sport is like a sport for me shooting it it's knowing the situation um just trying to get the shot you know knowing the knowing the players knowing the situation it keeps me in the game and helps me get the shots and um yeah the the the, as far as certain photos I think the T.Y. Or, or Thomas Young photo was one of the best photos. It's not necessarily the best photo, but if you knew the situation at yeah. the time, it's a great photo. It is an incredible – it's a great photo and a better play. <laughs> exactly, because <laughs> yeah. at that time, Reno had a, had, had a runner on first. I don't think there was anybody out. might have been one out. And that ball was belted. Yeah, it was. And that catch – turned into a double play so there was nobody out turned into a double play and took everybody off the base and and they were able to get the next out and that was against reno which was a big win they were nationally ranked at the time right yeah and uh and then we had a big inning after that offensively and and i think that was a huge momentum changer so that photo right there for me was like and play I shouldn't don't want to take anything away from Thomas. <laughs> I don't think he he will he will think you're taking too much away from him. But uh, we greatly appreciate you coming on, Ron. Thanks you for taking the time this morning. And again, for those of you who want to check out all of Ron's photos from all sorts of Douglas events this year, that is rahphotosnv.com. Uh, fantastic photographer, better person. And uh, thanks again for for coming on, Ron. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me. That's going to do it for this episode of behind the bench but before we go any further i'd like to thank today's title sponsor that's going to be double j auto in gardnerville www.doublejautonv.com and thank you to my producer jeff mulvahill as always on the other side of the mic i know this episode was a little longer today but uh, we will have a carson year interview next week and uh, thanks for checking it out and if you do like what you're hearing feel free to subscribe on itunes and spotify as well i don't know if uh rating us on itunes does anything for me but since all the other podcasts i listen to plug it i'm gonna go ahead and do the same thing uh give us five stars there as well but thanks for listening and uh, we will catch you guys next week